Welcome to episode three of the AFK Dev podcast, where we talk about the things that happen away from the keyboard. I'm joined with my co-host, Sam, and we have a couple topics to talk about today. And interestingly enough, these are actually from a listener. Uh, a friend of ours has two questions for us to talk about today. Um, are you okay if I just jump right into the first one, Sam? Uh, yeah, sounds good. Okay, so this first question is, he wrote a lot, so I'll try to, I'll start small, and then we'll kind of break it down as we get into it. So how do you manage your time at work? Specifically, how do you manage the element of time, is how he phrased the question. I'm not going to say his name, because I haven't actually asked if I can say his name, so let's just say this is just a friend of ours. Uh, so yeah, how, how do you manage the element of time at work? What tools do you use, and is this even an issue for you? Right. Um, I'll take a stab at this first. Um, so actually, recently, I've been starting this year, I've been using an app, like a calendar app, essentially, uh, to track my time. And it's not for the purpose of telling, you know, my employer, hey, this is the work I'm doing, because I'm like working from home. It's actually almost more of um, cueing myself to see what I want to get done. You know, you have your tickets, you know, a lot of times these tickets can't be, you know, crushed in a single day or whatever. I like to kind of parse things up into sizable chunks and try to, you know, almost give myself like, you know, two hour or so time boxes of, of what I can do. Um, obviously, I don't do this for like everything, but like in a general sense, it's like, okay, the next, you know, three hours, I want to work on this portion of the task and just see where, how far I go and stuff. And if it spills over, it's, it's not a big deal. It's just to help me almost focus it's like my mind's like okay i'm focused on this because right. you kind of lose you know track of time i suppose like especially like you know working in an at home i would say at times how about you james yeah i don't do much at all to keep track of time uh i have done things in the past uh but not so much currently uh and there's a few reasons for that now this calendar app you use is that like an actual like when you say you'll time box for three hours, do you actually time that? Or is that just like a rough, like do you have like a timer going and you like shut everything off? Or is that just like more like rough? Yeah, that's more rough. I, I don't have a timer going. I honestly, this it's basically like Google Calendar where I can just like put an appointment and be like working on, you know, this bug and just like drag it for like two hours. I, I had like in the future, which sounds kind of weird. But then, you know, it's just like, it, for some reason, it just helps me keep focus. Like, sometimes I'm just like, what am I working on? I'm like, oh, yeah, this bug. This, this is my only priority right. at work right now. Yeah. I guess something I do tackle is like a kind of like a laundry list of like things that I want to do. It's like outside the scope of like a Jira or whatever project management board we're using. Just kind of like a, a my things list. Like it, it might be things that other people will do, but it's just kind of one of those ways for me to keep things in my head. Uh, just because I find myself thinking about a lot of things at once and I jump around. So it's nice to just have kind of like a hit list, so to speak. But it's not so much of like uh, keeping track of time specifically. I, I have used a Pomodoro Pomodoro timer before. Uh, yeah. Are you familiar with that concept? Yeah, I was actually going to ask you if you used that before. I feel like when uh, should we, like should we explain happened, this first? Yeah, we should. But when COVID happened, I feel like everybody was doing this when they're working, working at home. Yeah. But uh, James, you definitely go ahead and explain this to everybody. Sure. So it's basically a timer that you set for 25 minutes. I think you can tweak, but I think the traditional value is 25 minutes. And then you work 
very focused for those 25 minutes, no distractions, no phone, no nothing. Then you take a five to 10 minute break and then you repeat that two or three times and then you take like a longer break and repeat. Uh, and I did try it. It just almost felt like it almost felt like more things for me to worry about. And I'm like checking like, oh, okay, I've got like 10 minutes left to go. It's like, for whatever reason, I just didn't find it that, I don't know. I almost found it like more of a distraction. And then I felt like in my like five, 10 minute break, I need to be like, this is not productive, but like <laughs> the opposite of productive. I need to be like very mindful of like, I've got five minutes on my phone. Let's do like this, this, this. I don't know. For whatever reason, it was just feeling not that useful for me um but i guess for some more kind of backstory on me and time i generally am very something else he included in the question here was how aware are you of just passing time in general and for more backstory uh he has was add adhd where basically your your brain can not really track time like the concept of time passing is kind of foreign to you and that's you know you can lose track of time uh so for me i almost have the opposite problem sometimes i find where i am painfully aware of how much time is passing how much time is in the day when i need to go home how much i need to get done so i almost feel like i have a bit of the opposite problem i i think i'm more similar into your boat as well um in terms of always worrying how much time is left in the day and i feel like this has to do link with like a lot of uh, meetings that like suddenly appeared when p everyone was working from home that they always needed to sync and have these like hour long meeting with product or like some other team. And it came to a point where it just chewed up, you know, two, three hours of your day. But that, but that's like significant engineering time for us, right? Yeah. They're like, great, this three hour meeting has wrapped up what we need from engineering. Now go do it in the next four hours, right? Yeah. So, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. So, what I was going to say is, I'm more in your boat that I'm more worried about the time that's left in the day. Yeah. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but I find that, you know, it's, it's not like I'm just working on my own stuff all the time. You know, I'm communicating with direct peers, you know, collaborating, you know, talking to my manager about planning and maybe having chit chats on the side with more junior developers. Like there's lots of people who potentially want my time, which is definitely like a factor in, you know, just like time management not time management but just like that time being sucked away i guess is kind of where i'm going with this yeah um but in terms of the other side where you lose track of time what strategies do you think might work in terms of trying to keep i guess the goal is to be aware of time so it doesn't like slip away funny enough i almost find i almost i don't often lose track of time when i'm working but i find when i do it's usually like almost a good thing like it means i'm in a really good flow like i, I was like losing track of time at work N not if it's the end of the day like you know working from home it's like oh my gosh it's 5 30 i should be you know going to see the the family kind of thing but i almost kind of like losing track of time which is i know kind of pretty probably not the answer that uh, our question asker is looking for here uh but i do kind of enjoy that flow state that comes from being you know lost in your work yeah i i know what you mean it's like one of those if you're really busy, like time flies. Yeah. Kind of, you know, yeah, situations. Uh, going back to tools, do you have, or what's your stance on notifications at work? Like what apps and things do you have flashing on your computer to notify you of things during the day? Do you have a lot? Do you have a little? I've kind of lived in both worlds a little bit. 
so I do have, I forget what app it was, but there's like a, a, it's hooked up to my Google calendars for like meetings to like cue me every like, uh, like 10 minutes before. That's literally like probably the no, only notification aside from like Slack, somebody messaging well, I mean, me. I feel like Slack but is a pretty big only... one. Like, are you getting like pinged like throughout the day? Or do you like turn those off oh. and like check in later kind of thing? Uh, honestly, uh, I, I leave it on. But the thing is, I've, uh, what's, what's that word that when you just like ignore things because it's just been so much, it's so spammy that you just don't even really look at know, it. I feel like that's just Let's like say an like the um, Slack user. <laughs> Most things really don't need to be responded to right away. Yeah, like if it's a, for sure, if it's a direct message, I usually look at, at it right away. If it's like uh, an at or whatever at some channel, I usually look at it, you know, within a reasonable time, but I don't like stop everything I'm doing to, to look right. at it. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. I do have those things on right now, though in the past I have had none of them on. Um, we I worked at a company where we we did an experiment, which turned into not an experiment, where we got rid of Slack and basically any form of instant communication. Like this is in like 2020, 2021. This isn't like that long ago, where we just used email to talk to each other. It was kind of bizarre. I mean, we also had like our project management software to speak with each other, but it was interesting basically we had no forms of synchronous communication which like there were certainly pros to like it didn't feel like getting up and going away from the computer was as much of a not that that's a bad thing to do that but it didn't feel like you needed to be like you know checking your phone as much when you were away but it was uh definitely interesting i think we had we ended up bringing back some type of synchronous communication i think it was one of those situations where the CEO was really into the idea, but it wasn't necessarily what the development team wanted. So it was like a bit of growing pains. I actually no, what we did do is we brought in um what's that instant communication chat? Tell it not telegram. Tuple? Tuple. That's what it was, where you can like call each other. So we still had something to communicate synchronously. But yeah, it was definitely interesting not having any of that at all. Yeah. I would find that kind of difficult. I personally if uh that was that was the, the way a company was kind of running. I could understand it. I probably because I think it's also like a lot of questions asked aren't really some, something that somebody else, that you yourself can find out if you just like look around a little bit. Yeah. And they're probably just trying to cut uh, cut that down. And all questions are like literally only for product or work related onto like a particular ticket or, you know. Yeah epic yeah yeah it was kind of like a sweatshop so i mean i'm <laughs> you know it, it was it was totally to try and like squeeze more work out of us in reality it was yeah. just like i went to the driving range and felt less guilty about it during my <laughs> during the middle of the day yeah yeah so what do you think should we try to sum up this topic i don't know how what is there to summarize um me personally i don't do a whole lot of time management i tried to not respond to everything. I have notifications. I don't use any specific tools. And I don't know. I, I don't have a ton of meetings. So I think there's kind of, that's like a factor in, in how I manage my time. How about you? Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I do use an app. It's basically like Google Calendar, essentially. And I map out how much, what I'm working on, just like literally even like four words. Um, and it really helps me like plan out the day a bit. And also I find like at the end of a work day, especially at home, sometimes you're just like, did I do enough today? And yeah. looking back at like, when I see my calendar, uh, I'm just like, yeah, actually, yeah I like right. did pretty, pretty good. Like I could call it a day essentially. Right. right. 
And for me, that really helps a lot. Yeah, I guess I do also have that like kind of hit list of things. So I do have something a little bit, but generally not a ton of tools. What do you think? Should we move on to the next topic? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, do you want to read it? Sure. Okay, so I have like, I don't know if there's any uh, uh, nested questions inside, but uh, the uh, question here is, what's something you wish key stakeholders understood better about development? That's a big question. That is. Yeah, it's kind of like that, you know, that relationship between product and development is always kind of, it's, I don't know, it's a tricky one. You know, it can be, it's just two people with ideally the same goals, but just the external, the externalities around each of those roles are pretty different. So that communication channel can be, can be challenging, I think. Right. Um, what would you, I guess, define as key stakeholders? Key stakeholders. I mean, as a software developer, the main one is going to be your project manager, your product owner. Ideally, you're not really dealing with too much other than that. I think a good product owner or project manager should be the one taking the brunt of any external uh, feedback from other stakeholders. So ideally, I think it's just your product. Um, although I have had situations where the CEO comes in and says, do this, do that. And that's, you know, that's a, a whole nother story in itself. I, what, what about you? What, how would you define a, a key stakeholder? Yeah, I would definitely put, obviously, like uh, anyone touching product uh, in there. I think a unique bucket as well is probably designers. Yeah, okay, uh, for sure. Because uh, I think, you know, us engineers and designers, it's, it's actually really hard for designers, I think, because, you know, product is telling them one thing. And then, you know, sometimes engineers, we come in, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. this design won't work, right? <laughs> and they're like, oh, crap, I just built this whole thing based on what product told me, right? Yeah. So, And it's hard to communicate, like, why sometimes. Yeah. So there needs to be, like, a pretty good relationship with engineers, designers, and product, right? Yeah. And, and I think, in my experience, some product managers, product owners certainly get it more than other ones. Like, it's certainly been an easier relationship. And a lot of times, those are... Uh, those with some type of a technical background like that's probably like the ideal situation where there's at least some shared understanding on the technical side um i mean on the flip side too like it's good as an engineer to have understanding of the pressures they're under why people are asking them what they're being asked and they're not just here to tell you things to do and make your life hard like it i, I think a shared understanding like going back up on the engineering side is definitely beneficial as well yeah agreed I'm just sorry. I'm just like trying to read this question. Like, what would we want to uh, want stake stakeholders to understand better? And I have I, honestly, I've been working with pretty good like because I feel like the number one thing everyone's going to say is that, you know, writing good software is hard. It takes time. But I feel most of them understand that it takes time from yeah. like my experience. Like I haven't had somebody be like, no, this is going to, you know we want this done in a week. Like you guys need to yeah. work harder and need to work faster. It's more like, Hey, like, you know what? If, if I say, Hey, this is going to take, you know, three weeks, they're like, okay, we kind of need this done in two weeks. What can we cut out is usually yeah. like, you know, the response, which is, you know, the response that you kind of want. Right. Yeah. And I think that's just a sign of a good project manager or product manager. I don't know. Project product. I've had, I've had um, people correct me when I've said project on their pro product, product manager. <laughs> um, but I, I think like sometimes those like more uncomfortable situations are when the stakeholders are not the product team. They are not the people who are generally in charge of communication with the development team. And I think that's maybe more what the question here is getting at. Like what, you know, what do you wish your 
I don't know, your CEO understood better about the software development cycle. Um, and then he also wrote in here, like, if you had paid time to solve this issue, what would you do? Um, what do you mean paid time to solve? Like, if, like it, what, what issue? If you had paid time to invest into... I would. I. I can think it can be anything, but I interpret it as like paid time to maybe educate stakeholders, something or other. I, I mean, my answer is like I would do nothing. <laughs> I think it's a losing battle. Is is my answer to be frank? Yeah, you know, it's tough because I think it. There's also like a hierarchy that we stand in that no matter what we say as engineers, sometimes they just won't listen. Like. Let's say, hey, we want this this feature for this app, and engineers push back, saying, "Hey, like this feature is no good. Like it doesn't make sense. It's gonna, you know, extend our dev time. Like, let's say an extra like two months because of the ripple effect. Like, we should just, you know, not do this and like try to find something else. At the end of the day, if if, if product is like, no, this is what needs to be done. This is coming from top down. Where if this needs to be done, like it's gonna be done. And then, unfortunately, like. It sounds really sad, but it's kind of like we're going to put money into it, time and money into it, right? Yeah. I think something something that you kind of touched on there is like, you know, do it or else. This is kind of the situation where I think like a good project manager will be more on your side, whereas I've had some project managers that are more not on my side, it, where it's more like, hey, like I'm working with you to get this done versus hey, I'm telling you, you need to get this done because someone else told me we need to get this done. You know, it's like a, a very like a different dynamic uh, that like, hey, I'm going to walk with you to do this versus like, I'm under pressure. I'm going to get in trouble unless you don't do this. And then that's kind of more of like a like a hostile, I think, uh, relationship. Yeah, I think what also might help situations out, and this is definitely probably in smaller teams, is uh, scoping out work and just estimating work. Um, so I don't know if you know about like, have you heard of Pip Pivotal Tracker? Uh, yes, I think I have used it somewhere. I forget yes. where, but I have used it. So it's like, you know, kind of like Jira, but better in my opinion. But anyways, uh, one main thing is that you can store, you can story point your, your tasks, right? And they, depending on the velocity, you can like, obviously over time, it gets better accurate velocity. But in the beginning, you say, okay, I can do like 10 story points a week, essentially. And you have all your like uh, tickets out there estimated, and it's gonna you know say hey hey for this product to launch it's gonna take like eight weeks right, and then we've ha had situations where they're like hey we want this feature in this feature in we're like okay well, let's estimate it all right we estimate it all right now it's gonna be pushing out to like twelve weeks and they're like uh what can we do to bring it down to ten weeks okay let's remove some of these tickets and really because I think that's like and really helps like uh product managers kind of see the end results of what they're asking, how, how far it's pushing the deadlines. Yeah. And um, obviously you don't have to use Pivotal Tracker, but like um, sometimes I feel like when product, product managers come, it's like, hey, we need this note making feature or whatever. And to them, it's like, it's just one thing, right? It's like, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that needs to touch, you know, for, for this to happen. So giving this like almost holistic view of the entire project of how it affects everything makes them understand more, right? right? Yeah, I think something you said there just kind of reminded me of something that I thought about a little while ago is that like engineers are not, they're not just people who do things that you tell them to. I think this is, okay, I have an actual answer to the question. 
what's one thing you wish a key stakeholder understood better about the development process? Uh, I would say probably that you should lean on your development team to be your problem solvers. They're not just people to write code. They're people to solve your business problems. And I think sometimes on the product side, it can feel like, you know, product is the one solving all the problems. And in many ways, they are solving quite a few of the problems. But there are also quite a few cases where those problems can either be greatly simplified or potentially even go away with a highly invested engineer who is not just doing exactly as they are told. So I think that's something that's a little more of a concrete answer to the question, because a lot of the times a requirement might not make sense. A whole class of problems could be completely avoided if we just write different code or we write no code. Maybe we even delete code. It's just that kind of question of, I know you say you want this, but do you actually want this? And it, I don't know how much time you, Sam, have spent interacting with users directly, but a lot of times they don't, <laughs> I don't want to say they lie, but a lot of times it feels like they don't actually know what they want sometimes. Sometimes they do, for sure. But there are definitely times where someone might communicate a desire and you, you know, internalize that and you kind of, kind of recognize that like, okay, like you're wanting to do X, Y, and Z and you're telling me that ABC is how to get there. But I can tell you that like there is another way to actually solve your problem. So that's a more concrete answer to the question on, on my part. I didn't, that just came to me off the cuff. That's not something that I had written down. Dude, I was going to say, I agree. I was going to double down. One thing I wish they understood better is to bring on engineers earlier in the process, in the like idea like process. Right. Earlier is better for sure. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's, yeah, two sides to that. It's nice to be involved early, but it's also nice to not be bogged down too much in like the planning side. There, there's like a balance there for sure. Like, yeah. you know, like estimating is like, I don't know. That's not my favorite way to spend my time. I'd rather just a quick like, hey, what do you think? You know, time-wise, I give like a quick estimate. But yeah, being able to like, spec things out early definitely definitely helps i agree with you for sure yeah was there any other like follow-up questions with that um something that i also wanted to say on this was just the kind of this isn't really an answer to the question but it's just more along the lines of maintaining that relationship on the product side and that's kind of the concept of social capital um you know sometimes like nobody, nobody likes to grind. Uh, you know, like I think a good product manager and a, sorry, a good relationship between product and development is one in which, yeah, the development team can say like, hey, like, yeah, I know we really need this. I know you're under a lot of pressure. I'm going to double down and grind a little bit to get this done for you because I know that you'll have my back in the future. And then in the future, the product manager can, you know, they'll receive an ask. They'll deem it unreasonable. And they might say, hey, like, you know what, like, we're not going to do this. I'm not going to pass this on to my development team. And you don't always see that on the engineering side. You don't see the work that doesn't come to you, which is kind of by design. You know, you don't hear about all of these things, but it's just that kind of, I guess it boils down to trust, really. Like you trust that, okay, I know that you are not asking me to grind just because you always ask me to grind. Like there's probably a good reason for this. And then it can kind of swing both ways so that's again not really an answer to the question but it's kind of along the lines of managing that relationship yeah i see what you mean yeah because i mean the last thing you want is like that more like toxic relationship which you know i have been in that situation where it's like okay like well you know like you guys need to get this done the business needs it kind of thing you know and that's 
you know, they're no longer walking with you. That's much more of like a, an adversarial type uh, relationship. I, uh, sorry, I don't have like, I guess, much to, to add there. I think I have seen, seen it like as a third person and it was very uncomfortable because it's just like the pushback between yeah. it's just like a crazy battle. <laughs> yeah. And in this specific situation, the person was not actually like a trained product manager. I think they were, it was like a fast growing company and they were, I feel like they were more like an operations role and they kind of got like kicked into product management, which like it was pretty clear that like it wasn't like their, you know, <laughs> their strong point. So there was kind of some, some growing pains there, I think. Mm. So how would we summarize? All right. I think towards the end, we kind of got into that. Um, we want to kind of know the better context of a problem rather than, you know, implement the solution. Yeah. Uh, we want to understand why this solution was even like brought here in the first place. And I think that input would be very, really valuable. I feel like that's like one of the big takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that wasn't really something we had, we basically had no answer planned, but that was one that kind of came off the cuff and like, yeah, it does make sense. It's like, Hey, I want you to, um, you know, involve me. I want you to use me as a resource. Um, and like, sometimes I'll be wrong, but just like having that trust in your development team to say like, okay, like I've got this solution or sorry, I have this problem. I have a potential solution. What do you guys think of it? Versus like, Hey, code this up for me real quick. <laughs> and I almost want to say that, like, we know this is like the AFK Dev podcast. Like, having like uh, in real like meetings or offsites with the entire team, product designer, engineers, goes a long way just to yeah, form that definitely. like relationship. Because honestly, like a group of engineers, I think we're really comfortable in like Zoom meetings. Like, you know, like we're we'll, we're going to do our work. Like, you know, we'll be okay. But like having the meetings with the product designer, like. I feel like people will work harder for you in that little team, right? Totally. Yeah. And that yeah. goes back to like that, you know, concept of like social capital <laughs> um, and just, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Like you say, like the whole, the AFK dev side of things, or, or sorry, the AFK side of things, the away from the keyboard side of things, just like building and maintaining those relationships does end up being super important. Yeah. So I'm going to add one more thing to that. I want key stakeholders to understand that we need offsites. <laughs> we need one one week trip paid offsites. <laughs> yeah, the more luxurious, the better kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because you're on a fully remote team right now, so I guess like offsites are something that are much more in the cards for you guys. Uh, yes, right, yeah. Compared to, but even you know when we worked the, for bigger company, we had offsite just because we had different offices throughout right. the country, right. And, you know, it was a really good bonding experience, even for people within, you know, your, your office, right? Because you don't really interact that much away from work uh, with, with people, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in more of a in-office situation where, you know, people work from home, but in general, if there's like a big conversation, we generally make our way to the office. Although, you know, with the way things are, you know, remote hires are definitely becoming more something we're trying to do, but that's always tricky, you know, bringing in remote people when you have that in-office culture because yeah i mean we all were through the pandemic a lot of us worked remote we know how hard it is to have you know actual team building events remotely like you can do them but they're always kind of cringe it's not <laughs> no yeah not the same no, it's not at all only 
only one person can talk at a time, you know, situation, a Zoom meeting of like 20. No. <laughs> yeah. And you're all just like, okay, let's all like eat pizza and watch each other on camera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah kind of awkward. So do you think that uh, kind of wraps up everything that we kind of wanted to talk about today? Yeah, I think so. I think we uh, didn't have an answer, but we kind of came to one as we talked about it. All right. So honestly, today was pretty awesome getting some listeners questions uh, today. So uh, James, how can other listeners get their own topic or question featured on the show? Yeah. So you can shoot us an email at afkdevpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at AFK Dev Podcast. You can mention us. You can send us a message. Or if you happen to know me in real life, you can just send me a message personally because that's what happened previously. And with that, thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you in the next one.